Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Your local hiring market is gone. Yep, that's right. Guess what? Today, your best people are going to come from out of your local market or your local market is going to be hired out from underneath you. I'm Rick Gerard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by providing proven solutions to solve your most difficult hiring challenges. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Bradley Clark. Bradley is both a recruiting leader and an actual entrepreneur himself. He co-founded Rectext, which is a text recruiting platform. And after a long consulting career working with organizations like Samsung, R&D, Boeing Labs, Plenty of Fish, Best Buy, he's now leading recruitment at Article. So being on both the front line and talking to a number of companies and recruiters with COVID and work from anywhere, he's seen a rapidly emerging trend of where top local talent is getting scooped up from an outside market, which is what makes Brad, the perfect guest for today's topic. Brad, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Ah, it's great to have you. All right. So we're going to cover why your local talent pool is going to continue to dry up. And then we're going to talk about how to counter this trend and give your company a competitive edge. Sound like a plan? That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. So let's talk about the challenges today. What I'm noticing, I think this trend just got accelerated by the pandemic, everything that we're going through right now, the work from home thing. There's been a bit of a slow trend toward companies remoting anyway. They've been working completely remote. I've worked with a couple clients in the past couple of years that have been 100% remote. And the advantage to that has always been that they've been able to pick off talent in really obscure places. And they pick off really good people as well, which in my mind would probably dry up that local talent pool for a lot of organizations. Is that something that you're seeing on your end? Yeah. yeah. In my world, I mean, again, I wore two hats. I'm on the front lines as leading recruiter as well as I've got a startup, which we talked to a lot of recruiters around North America. And what we're hearing is basically the talent, they've had a local advantage. So they assume there's a local talent pool of a certain size, they know who they're competing against. And what's really changing is all of a sudden these top people in the past where they may have not wanted to say work in the Bay Area or Seattle or some of these other talent hubs, it doesn't matter now. And all of a sudden they're realizing that this landscape's radically changing and who's reaching out to those candidates where they might've been, the company was the big fish in the small pond. And also now there's all these other sharks in that pond snatching up this talent. So it's radically changing how those, who's engaging those candidates and also those candidates because they even work from home now for five months or so. I think they're also realizing that I don't need to work for a local company. I'm not in the office anyways. What difference does it make to me? It's really opening up a lot of opportunities, but also challenges on this side. Well, there's a huge advantage. If I'm an LA-based company, it costs me X to hire somebody. If I hire somebody in Sandusky, Ohio, it's a lot lower cost of living there. So I can actually hire a better person, probably get them a higher salary. So everybody's happy around the board. And I'm getting a person that probably won't get recruited in this local market. Yeah, that's exactly it. And when you think about like how many people, how quickly organizations, like you said at the beginning was, everyone had to shift to work from home. Quote unquote, future of work got accelerated five to 10 years. And everyone had to do this in a week. Everyone had to figure this out. And this has now happened. And it's radically changing this landscape. Companies are gonna have to pivot pretty quick. Just as quickly as they pivot to work from home is also to understand how they can compete to keep that talent and how they can compete to maybe go to other regions and scoop some talent up there. Yeah, if that's the case, I think it's really important that companies understand 
understand that this is important right now. If you haven't pivoted, you need to start pivoting this way. You can actually reach outside to different areas that are going to expand your talent base. To elevate the level of talent, the people that you have in your organization, you're giving yourself such a huge competitive advantage. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Girard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. There you're going to find additional content and resources to help you land great hires. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And today our guest is Bradley Clark. Bradley is the co-founder of RecText. And he's a longtime recruiter as well. And we're discussing benefits of hiring outside of your market and why you should be considering that. We just talked a little bit about why it was important to your company. Now we're going to talk about how to adjust your mindset and start adjusting your processes. If we're thinking about this from the perspective of pivoting, as always, you need to start with your mindset. You need to be awakened to the fact that this is super important right now what you need to start doing as an entrepreneur to get yourself to a position where you can hire outside your market. I think number one is just when you look at your mindset, you have to understand that candidates are basically act and behave just like consumers online. Imagine a big ticket item you're trying to buy. So imagine you're looking at a car or a piece of furniture or something like which is a large item which you're going to have for a long time. That's what a job is like. And so if you look at a candidate behavior, it's the exact same on e-commerce. So understanding that, that the best candidates have the best buying power and it's about them. That's really important. Say that again. It's about who? It's it's about them. It's about the candidates. It's not about you anymore. So every interaction they have with you needs to be about them. What is your EVP? What's in it for this candidate? Why do they want to join your organization? What type of projects or what type of impact are they going to have? And I think that's really important to really make clear. Ultimately, you're selling them. You're branding and selling to that candidate. And now it's not just your local market. You're selling this anywhere. I always describe recruiting as probably the most difficult type of sales in the world. If you think about it, you're selling two parties. It's not like you're selling a car and the car says, no, I don't want to go with that person. You've got to be able to effectively make this connection and people will walk away from opportunities all day long because they didn't see that connection. They didn't see where it benefited them. All they saw was the transactional perspective of like, I'm going to get more money, but they didn't really get what was important to them. That question that has people interested in looking or interested in something better, that question never got answered for them. That's exactly it. And recruiters need to be that advocate. They need to understand that candidate and understand their motivations and being that bridge, being that bridge between these two parties, ultimately. They're a deal maker, not just a transactional order taker. So it's not like you're going through a drive-through here on this. That is so very true. But unfortunately, a lot of it is treated like a transactional order taker. For sure. And it's perpetuated through the industry. It's just about filling your seats. It's your job to fill your seats and that's it. And I think that's something where you look at is that's what that mindset needs to shift is if you want to, again, engage that local talent and keep them from leaving your market and also get market out of talent is you need to recognize that this isn't something which is, again, it's not an order going through Wendy's and saying, I want a combo and biggest size my fries or something like this. This is something which is going to take some nurture and it's going to take some back and forth engagement. And this is something where, again, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a smaller, medium-sized business, you're really going to get a chance for that founder to get involved in that process and lead that, advocating for that brand. You should be thinking as a hiring manager, am I answering that question for this person? What's in it for me? And it's not the monetary compensation 99% of the time. It's about how am I going to grow? How am I going to learn something new? How am I going to be challenged with the work? How am I going to keep motivated? How am I going to be treated? How's this work going to take place? How much yeah. 
autonomy do I have? And that's the interesting piece now. And that's gonna be that shift is now that everyone's work from home, your cool office doesn't matter. Your cool perks, your beer taps at work, all that kind of stuff. That's not anything that matters anymore. Also now it's like how much autonomy, how's communication take place? Like the questions is going to force some deeper questions. And then looking at your perk side of it, that's kind of on the engagement side because all these things to attract talent are also things that keep your current talent is, am I offering things which is going to keep people happy? And that's going to be a major shift. Again, it's not beer taps anymore. Also now it's maybe it's access to mental health and engagement. Maybe it's food delivery to your house because you don't have that food at the office anymore. Like how are you going to attract those people because the perks and benefits have changed. But beyond that, again, like I said, it really is that meaningfulness of that work and spelling that out really clear as you engage the can each step along the way, they should understand that and that should be reinforced. Health and wellness, I think has been the main shift that I've seen with a lot of companies is to where they're shifting their perks. They have to. Yeah. yeah. I've been a big advocate for, hey, put a flag up, go run, go do something, go ride your bike, get out of the house for an hour. It's really important that you just step away from the desk for a bit, go get some vitamin D and come back fresh. The goal of work from home isn't recreating the office at home. It is a new experience and it's something where we're going to have to iterate and figure that out. But the organizations we're doing this faster are going to get that talent quicker. So very true. Yeah. What's the next piece? You're keeping the focus on them, then what? One of the analogies I use a lot is in the past, people used to think of their organization, like their job is to be a bouncer and to exclude people from coming in, so to speak. Like, hey, you're not cool enough to come in here. Like you don't make the criteria. And I think that mind shift shift needs to take place. Like imagine yourself as a promoter. You're there promoting your organization. You're not there bouncing saying who can't get here. You're saying, here's why you want to be here. So I think that's something which is pretty key. But when you get into the actual how to do this, I think a big piece is that's going to be speed and decisiveness. The top candidates are going to be engaged. They're going to have more options. And so if you do identify them, you have to get close to getting them interviewing quick, get them meet the key people as quickly as possible, as few painless steps as possible. Again, kind of reducing friction, like the same way as you look at e-commerce, you wouldn't make it hard for someone to put something in their shopping cart and press buy. You shouldn't make it hard for that candidate to go through that interview process to apply everything else. So like, how can I make this as frictionless to come to the right conclusion as quickly as possible? And so that decisiveness is really going to be important. But wait, so I'm going to be the devil's advocate here because I've seen a lot of companies that think it's a really good idea to put up as many hurdles in the hiring process to make sure they're getting the right people. I think there's a lot of companies that have that. And I think they've had the advantage in the past where it's been a very organization-centric market. But now all of a sudden, when you open up those floodgates and say, hey, I can hire from anywhere and everyone's up for grabs, that shift to Canada-centric market, especially in areas like tech and other like super demand areas, which haven't seen that kind of bubble burst yet, I think those barriers and those hurdles are going to have a huge drop-off. I've noticed that there's a lot of companies that do that. They put up those hurdles, but that's indicative of a really bad hiring process or interview process. If you're not deliberate on the information that you're trying to gather, that evidence that you need to support making a decision, decision, then you're just wasting time on that interview and you're going with gut feel. And that's the absolute wrong way to do it. 100%. And I think that's where the more time you can spend up front of that process. And so you can actually understand why do I need to hire somebody? What is this person actually going to do? What problem are they going to solve? And what skills do I need them to bring to the table to solve that problem? The more time you spend up front, really identifying that, understanding that process, the quicker you can be in your recruitment process. You can be decisive if you know what you want. Where you can't is when you're fumbling around, you change your mind mid-process, the recruitment process gets broken, interview are not well structured, all those things really fail a candidate. It's very transparent to that organization to see where they're at. If they can't figure hiring out, that's also a good reflection on other problems as well. It's more of a symptom than it is a problem itself. That is a very strong indicator that the company does not have their shit together. If they can't spend time on putting together a really strong interview process, and it doesn't take that much time to do it. It's not rocket science. All you have to do is just have, there's plenty of processes out there that you can buy, you can learn about. You just have to have it organized. You have to be deliberate 
bit about how you run the interview process because it's all about really creating customer experience. When you're interviewing somebody, that's your customer. And what they're worried about is what's in it for me. And if you're not showing them what's in it for them, then they're going to bounce. By the way, before this, we were in a candidate driven market before this whole thing went down. So I think even more so now, it's going to be even more difficult to find people, especially good people. You've got people that are talking to you, but they're going to screen you out pretty quickly if they're not really getting a good candidate experience. Not only screen you out, but they're also going to tell their people about it. Yeah. Not just on a glass door review and so forth, but actually just within their circle, they're going to say, yeah, hey, what happened to that interview? Oh, you're talking to this company. How'd that go? And they're going to step-by-step explain where that organization dropped the ball and managing that brand of that reputation. I mean, it's so quickly can get ruined by those experiences. And so it's got to be a priority. It's definitely got to be a priority for everyone in that organization to move at speed, to be deliberate in their steps and really pre-plan before they start that engagement. Which drives us to communication. You can't just interview somebody and not communicate to them where they are, what's happening. You have to close out the process either way. And I think that communication piece is, is having not just the speed of communication, but also having an open channel for communication. I mean, I, on my side, I mean, you know, that's why we created RecText is we recognize email wasn't always the best communication channel. Text messages was faster. And so you know, not to plug my company too much, but having those channels available for that candidate experience. So it's open and easy. So they could send a message, you give a quick update, whether it's text or something else, you just have to have a two-way communication and then again, recognizing that that recruiter is an advocate of that candidate. And so being an advocate and being there for that candidate experience, you have to have dialogue. You have to have that openness there. But even if you don't have a recruiter, if you're doing it yourself, you're a DIY sure. situation, it's really easy to text somebody. Yep. So I will tell you from my experience that if you want a response from somebody very quickly, text message is 100% the fastest response rate. Yeah. And it's I got mean, it's, like a 90% engagement open rate or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. The stats are crazy. You can just see it anytime you say you call someone who's under 40, which sadly I'm not anymore. More, the response back is just text me. I don't want to be interrupted. I don't want someone to call me in the middle of a Zoom meeting or something else. Like I want just a quick text and I can get back to them on my time. All right. Well, we're getting pretty close on time. Bradley, what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience so they can plug into their business today? I think number one is understanding you're no longer competing in your local market, especially if you're the big fish of that local market, that's radically going to change. And so you need to recognize that you need to interview well, you need to know who you want and be decisive in that interview process. And if possible, and we didn't get a chance to touch on this, is how can you grow your talent? I mean, there's one thing too. I mean, obviously everyone's out there trying to attract the talent, but what can you do to put in place to actually go hire, train and develop people internally and keep them longer as well? So we didn't a chance to dive too much in that, but there's two aspects of that is I want to get new people and I want to keep the people I have and build people up as well. That's a whole other conversation. There's a ton you can dive into that. That's not my area of expertise is learning and development, but it's important. From a leadership perspective, you should be asking your people, what are the gaps and who wants to solve them? You should allow your people and empower your people to be able to fix those problems and grow. No, 100%. Yeah. And they're going to be the ones who are going to be loyal. They're going to stick around longer when you do that. Absolutely. Anything else? I think that's it. I think we covered a lot in a right. pretty quick time. Brad, thanks for your time investment today. I want to give you a quick plug. How can people find you and find out more about your product and reach out to you? Sure. So if you want to get, start texting candidates, rectext, that's R-E-C-T-X-T dot com. You can go there, you can set up a demo. It's self-serve. It's really easy to get going and started. If you want to engage with me and just chat or talk about recruitment or anything else, find me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Yeah, I look forward to yeah, talking to people. Well, thanks so much and welcome to the Higher Power Radio community. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick shout out to our team, Christopher Decker, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening and we welcome your feedback after all the shows for you. You can join the Higher Power radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. If you guys notice this really cool shirt, we're doing a fundraiser for Working Wardrobes. And our guest next week is going to be Jerry Rosen, who's the 
founder and CEO of Working Wardrobes. What Working Wardrobes does, God, I hope I don't botch this up next week, is they actually help get people back to work. They give them coaching, they give them clothes for interviews, and they get them all set up so that they actually can make it through this difficult time. Please join us next week to chat with Jerry. I'm Rick Gerard, your host, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.